0: Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. My name again is Jeffrey Davis, and uh, we continue to stream stories of entrepreneurship and leadership. Thank you to our producer, Jillian King, who's been doing just a wonderful job. Our next guest is Caitlin Holt, uh, founder and CEO of KT Innovations. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Caitlin.
1: Thank you.
0: And yes, we do hear you very well.
1: Okay, (laughs) good.
0: Uh, Tell us about KT Innovations.
1: So I founded KT Innovations about a year ago, um, to bring my Katie cath to fruition. I'm a nurse of 12 years and, um, left my nursing position to pursue this. I came up with, um, an idea for an alternative external male urinary catheter back in 2014. And, um, have been coming back and forth to it. It got patented the summer of 2020 and I just felt like no one was going to talk to me during COVID. So I shelved it. And then, um, a little over a year ago now, maybe almost a year and a half. Um, I really just hit the ground running.
0: Well, um, I'm not an expert on catheters. I used to work for Ethicon sutures, the J and J division, Mm -hmm. but I once was unfortunate enough to have to wear a catheter, Mm -hmm. uh, What is the difference between your catheter and the pre-existing one that we all, or what I would have been using? So
1: let's get it back to the problem. So the problem is that men come into the hospital and they're typically incontinent because when you're sick, you're just not your best self. And our options are limited. We have these little tiny condom catheters that have adhesive glue on the inside of them. So right from the get-go, they're very messy. They're heat activated. So they want you to wrap your hand around them to get it to stick, which is real awkward. And I can't even imagine it for like a daughter to a a father outside the hospital to have to do that. And then they're short and they expect them to stick, um, expect them to hold onto these hard PVC plastic tubing of the urinary drainage bag. And it doesn't, it pops off there. Urine goes everywhere. There's glue everywhere. There's glue where you don't want it to be. And it's just this very awkward, uncomfortable process. And, you know, this happens like five or six times because you can't get it to stay. So then you have to default to the adult briefs, which do the job, but with short staffing can cause skin breakdown and are also bulky and, you know, like really not the most dignified thing to be wearing. And especially when you're at your lowest at the hospital, And then, um, there's the trusty internal Foley catheters, which is the tube that goes right up directly to the bladder and it can damage the prostate. makes you feel like you have to pee all the time. There's a lot of young, virtually experienced nurses right now. (laughs) I wouldn't opt for that, but, but mostly it is a direct route for bacteria to get into the urine, to get to the bloodstream and, um, cause sepsis and death. And when I, um, had a patient that, um, spurred all this for me. He had, was a normal guy, was in a motor vehicle accident. He had this huge wound on his, um, sacrum because the uh, previous hospital didn't turn him enough. And I, um, tried to get a condom cat to work with him all day to try to keep this wound dry and not give him another route of sepsis. And, you know, eight hours later, was unsuccessful, and I knew he was going to end up getting an internal Foley catheter, which could also lead to his death. And I was just devastated for him and furious that we didn't have a better alternative. So that night, I drew out the Caney cath. Um, it is patented. Um, I'm and not you're not, an, an,
0: engineer. You're I'm not an
1: engineer. You're I'm not an engineer. I am a nurse who is a problem solver, and so my catheter doesn't require. Um, adhesive or glue. It doesn't require an apparatus. It's not internal, and um, it will be comfortable and functional. And we just just started to do initial prototyping this summer, which is really exciting. And we're going to get it on human bodies in the next within six months. And um, I'm really looking forward to hearing from the patients and nurses because and the CNAs because I think it's actually going to end up saving a lot of time. And so. I've always felt like this little device is going to save lives because that person's never going to need an internal Foley catheter or they're not going to get skin breakdown, but also indirectly giving those caregivers more time on the floor is going to save the person next door. And so I'm really excited about it. We're really on the cusp.
0: I, you know, I know just enough about this to be totally totally intrigued by what Mm -hmm.
1: you're
0: saying, Uh, but there must be thousands of catheters put into men every day. Mm. Are you planning on selling this direct to hospitals through agents? Yeah, uh, I think we're going to,
1: yeah, I think we want to have be paired with a manufacturer. Once we get enough, you know, data and, um, you know, really hash out the design, I think going from a manufacturer into the hospitals, initially the beachhead market is the hospitals, the nursing homes. But like, to me, I want to help everybody. So I really do see it ultimately as an outpatient product and, you know, it's an easy on easy off by the patient, you know, so it could catch those like prostate problems where it's just like a little drip and you can just take it off, empty your bladder, you know, in the bathroom, put it back on. There's a really high, like mental health and depression rate for men right now, because men don't tell their doctor when they're leaking or having incontinence issues and, um, they just leave the workforce. So like their career that they work so hard for, they'll leave early because they don't want to deal with it and they don't have good alternatives. So I want to help everybody. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, uh, again, this could probably be a 60 minute interview and it's not. <laughs> uh, there's so many areas that I'm thinking that we could go. Mm-hmm. Here you are a nurse, you're an employee, you become an engineer, you design a product. <laughs> now
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're an entrepreneur. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many transitions you're making at the same time. It's mm-hmm. it like being an entrepreneur. I mean, there's the financing, there's the funding, there's the manufacturing, there's it's, the building of an organization, all these things that you've never done mm-hmm. before. Selling. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, Rhode Island is very supportive and there is a foundation called the NEMIC Foundation. And I was in their MedTech leadership program. And that was about six months on Tuesdays um, and a few Saturdays mornings. And I basically was an entrepreneur kicking and screaming. And then halfway through that program, I was like, okay, I got this. Like I can, I can do this. And they, they really gave, it was basically like a master's in how to bring med tech to, to the world. I, and then I ended up doing their accelerator and their, and then I was in the mass challenge program. So so I'm trying to get everything under my belt that I possibly can. I, if you look at my website, I have a lot of smart people that have been advising me, and um, you know, I, I, I've paired up with uh, Michael Pereira, who's been in this world for a long time. So I basically am stacking my deck, but I'm also um, learning as I'm going, and um, you know, seeing where I need help and where I don't need help, and I'm the squeaky wheel. Like I'm the, I'm why this is going to come to light, you know? And so that you can't learn. That's it. You know? And I think as an entrepreneur, it's been a different world. I don't know if I'll ever do this again. <laughs> I'm definitely not a serial entrepreneur, um, but I've been told that that it, that's probably a lie that I'm saying right now. Um, but
0: well, once you been... <laughs> get, once you do one, it, it's hard to go back to the other world. It's sort of, oh yeah. Once Mm -hmm. you've lived in the world, how are you doing the financing of this? Because clearly there's a lot of work to be done. Yes.
1: So I had some grant funding um, through the accelerator. We're we're still putting in um, a little bit of of funding from our family and we're applying for grants and like, we're going to be applying for SBIR soon too. So just grants for now. Um, I'm a little too pre-seed for venture capitalists and, um, but you know, like I'm always open because, i did, with...
0: did you win any funding at Mass Challenge?
1: I didn't. Oh, that, they haven't had it yet. They they are doing that in February. So maybe. Um, but I I won um I won the MedTech Leadership Program on the pitch night. And um I had I got funding with their accelerator after that. And then I'm gonna be in a women's program. Um, actually again through NEMIC with another 10,000. And we are just basically doing a lot with a real little. And um I think people can see the, see the need and are doing more for a little for me right now.
0: So, well, we hope uh, Caitlin, that you uh, come back to radio entrepreneurs again and talk to us more. As I said, I think this could have been a much longer interview. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to know more about you, KT innovations, maybe help you maybe yeah. more.
1: Yep. So I have a website, it's, um cast.com. Yep. And then you can email me at katelyn K-A-T-E-L-Y-N at Katiecath.com. And it's yeah, K T Kath and Kath with the C. Um, yep, yeah, you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn.
0: Well, everybody, uh speaking as an ex uh J and J surgical division guy, <laughs> I really and speaking for someone who's actually had some experience at uh personally but a little bit also professionally with a catheter company Mm -hmm. Uh, i think you need to check this out this is quite interesting and remind everybody this is radio entrepreneurs